0: everybody 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 Drop your buff Drop your Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross.
1: I am Evan Ross Katz.
0: And we are here from <laughs> all new locations, both of us. I
1: was going to say, we're a traveling
0: band. <laughs> we are. Uh, we, well, at least I am out of my element right now. I am. Uh just rolled out of bed. It's 6.30 a.m. But I know I'm, I'm, I'm in the beautiful Rocky Mountains right now. But it's what, what I would feel my like life you're, be you're, if I wasn't rolling out of bed to talk about Survivor?
1: Absolutely. Your eyes are either giving very tired or very blazed. And so <laughs> I wasn't sure which one it
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably should do like... They're probably still very blazed from last night. Uh-huh, <laughs> and I had to uh-huh. get myself like... to sleep.
1: We need to do like a Survivor episode watch either you and I or with guests or with a group where we all just get super baked and watch Survivor.
0: No, but wasn't this Ethan Zahn's idea, Survivor? Oh, was it? Yeah. He said, we said, let's do a recap where we oh smoke weed and then talk about Survivor. But like I couldn't do that because if I have one half of a puff of anything— I can't string a sentence together. Like it puts me to sleep. For me, it's medicine that puts me to sleep. Got it. I can't okay, function. Well,
1: well, it's Ethan. And I and, and I
0: and <laughs> I drive this I drive this bus.
1: I love it. It would be uh it's like basically Survivor <laughs> Australia and the Traders Canada are Ricard. And then we'll do my sub show is <laughs> yeah. me and Ethan watching episodes and getting high together and maybe kissing.
0: Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. It's not really a video <laughs> podcast,
1: but sure. Yeah. Well, no, it's not for the audience. It's for me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, actually, I that. will say though, on that new Buffy audible series yeah, there, because it's, it's <laughs> audio only. And, <clears throat> um, and, uh, there, <laughs> I guess Drusilla and Anya end up having some sort of, no. anyway, but there's these kissing sounds that <laughs> I, I, I'm actually going to see if I can record it and send it to you to dub in right here. Um, just to give you some more work, but, um, it's, it's very, very funny. So anyway, uh, audio kissing is, uh, I just fascinating.
0: Great. Just what I need a copyright strike.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fresh from the Rocky mountains.
0: All right. Well, we have to talk about this big episode four of survivor 45 music to my ears. Survivor 45 quitters at war. The big headline here is that we have our second quit of Survivor 45. Our second quit
1: and our second preview with Jake falling to his knees. Did that happen again? Mm -hmm. I didn't see the previews. Yep, he falls to his knees. No fire, to the best of my knowledge. But yeah, he's back on his knees falling over.
0: So the alligator still might be coming.
1: Mm, It's true. Do you know what's funny? I was not able to watch the episode until last night. And I got home, I was at an event on Wednesday and, and I said to Billy, I was like, oh, is it a good episode? And he was like, it was the worst of uh 45 so far. Um, and so I was like, oh blah, blah. Anyway, I felt completely differently. Um, mm. I was riveted. Um, I do still want to argue, I don't think we need 90-minute episodes. Like I think that yeah. this is a fantastic season, but I do feel like it. It would be so, this episode was very, very good and would have been better if it were more tightly edited. There does feel like fat that could be trimmed. Uh, and yet, uh, I gotta say, can I be so bold? This is, I'm gonna say, this is the best season of Survivor since 39. Because, you know, we we are Survivor 39 um, defenders. Truthers. <laughs> yeah, truthers. And... This has the potential to be the best season since 37.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. We I mean, that's not about the this highest a little bit. To clear. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think, on the Patreon is some of the hyperbole going around about Survivor 45. I just think it's too early. I understand that you can, like, qualify that by saying, at this point. And yes, certainly at this point, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, usually you don't get a pre-merge, this jam-packed. Uh, with action and with interesting votes and, like, interesting characters and things like that. But I just feel like it's premature to be... I mean, after Survivor 44, which was a great season, like, a really great season, I just think it's, like, a little much to be calling Survivor 45 the best season since anything.
1: Yes. Yes, and... It's the best um, season since 44. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But... Uh, I agree with you, yes and, and I think that there are ingredients present that I have not seen in previous seasons and I gotta tell you, I have a feeling that as time goes on, I'm going to feel less and less about Survivor 44. I just get that feeling. There are ingredients in 45 that I see that feel like they're setting me up for things that I'm going to love down the line and things I'm currently loving. So I totally agree it's premature, but... I get a feeling that I don't often get with this show that, like, I I see long game here.
0: What is this feeling so sudden and new? Like, there was a small
1: (laughs) moment where Caleb and Jake, like, bumped... uh, Yeah, I'm not acknowledging that. Where Caleb and and Jake, like, bumped fists or whatever, and it was like, there are just a lot of micro moments to this season um, that are not even, like, intentional storytelling per se, but are just, like, very human moments, and I know the show would call it like camp life, that I would not ascribe. Um, And it's funny because it's like, (laughs) there are so many moments that this show tries to do such as like Jeff taking back the Flint Uh that are like so stupid and unnecessary. It's not about the formula of the game, it's just casting, and I feel like this season from what we've seen four episodes in, is really well cast. I would say like, well actually, you know what? Can we transition to a game of Star or Starless?
0: Let's do it.
1: Okay, I think this will get to a point that I was stumbling to make. So, without any further ado, Austin.
0: This episode, Austin was Starless.
1: Starless. Sorry, I don't have my usual list in front of me, so I'm going through the Entertainment Weekly, and you know Dalton Ross likes to, he likes to write. Okay, (laughs) D. D, Star. Starless. Mm. Emily. A little starless this episode. I don't think we could have a bigger star, so we can we can circle oh. back on our disparity there. Uh, Brando. Starless. I would say Brando's the most starless of the season. Yes. Bruce. Star. Star. J. Maya. Star. Starless. Drew. Star. Star. Julie. Starless. Star. I can't believe you would say that. That's crazy to me. Uh. Julie from this episode was starless. I mean, have your opinion, but you gotta stand behind it.
0: Okay, well let's continue. Jake. Jake in this episode, Starless.
1: Star. No. Katura. Star. Star. Caleb. Star. Star. Kelly. Starless. Starless. Sifu. Starless. Starless. Kendra. Starless. Starless. Sean. Star. Star. (laughs) Star. And that takes us to the end. So what I was trying to get at is I just think we have a lot of stars. And even some of our, at present, starless people, I feel Mm -hmm. like are... Giving star potential, I feel okay. like there are. I mean, honestly, besides Brando and Kelly, I sort of have a grasp on everyone, and am interested. Even Sifu, uh, who I don't like, love. I at least like. I'm willing to like. I, I I I have. I've got more in me, more energy to give to him in terms of um, my eyeballs.
0: Yeah, yeah I right. think Vin that drums. Sifu's a fun sort of wild card because in this new era, we're so used to seeing game bot, game bot, game bot, but Sifu is <laughs> seemingly not a game bot. I mean, you've got to imagine he is playing the game, and certainly in episode one, we saw him trying to do the Tony like spy shack stuff and all of that, but. You know, in this vote where Sifu is the planned person to go home, we really get no idea of which way he wants the vote to go and what he sees as the alternative to him going home. Um, Even with Sean, it's like he's not really pushing it very hard. And so I think it's interesting to have this kind of like character, whether that's true or not, or that's just the edit. It is interesting to have this char- kind of a character on Survivor because we're not used to seeing that anymore and. That's kind of what makes Survivor exciting is these people that are like maybe not the best game players and they're just have it, they're like wild cards that the other players have to deal with. To your point about, to your point earlier about the sort of, I don't know, I, you didn't say this explicitly, but I feel like some of these things that you're talking about that this is what I love about Survivor, I think are really great. I don't know if I'd call it a micro moment, but it's a small moment when uh, I think the tribes win immunity and we get this rare shot of going back to Lulu Beach to check in on them because this is the first time Lulu, even though it's the new Lulu, has won immunity. And you have this moment where Bruce pretends to lose the flint right? That is such a great classic survivor moment it has nothing to do with the strategy of the game. Yes. It's being used to highlight katura's continued disdain of Bruce, but it's just such a funny moment in the same way that, uh, you know, that the one that you pointed out several episodes ago in the first episode where Bruce is doing the gag of like coming out of the boat and popping under the boat and up out of the boat and under the boat. Like it's just such a great moment that in one second we're, we're, you know, further ingraining our idea of who Bruce is uh, in our mind's eye. And I thought it was great. Absolutely. Like that is an LOL and moment.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I watched the episode last night with my mom and we laughed out loud at <laughs> the cut to Katora. And, you know, Drop Your Buffs is not quick to give praise to the Survivor editors <laughs> for good reason. That was a moment where I was like, this was done very, very well. And I think what I like about what's going on over on that tribe right now is there's a ambiguity around where Mm -hmm. Caleb falls, right? Like we don't know if Caleb is with Katora or if he's with Bruce. And I think that's fun. Like they did not, it it really seems up in the air. And that makes me again, as a viewer, be like, oh, I'm excited to continue on this journey. Also thinking about Emily and Caleb reuniting during the merge is something like, there are lots of things that I'm like looking forward to about this season as we continue (laughs) on. Not to mention the fact that Emily clearly being the star of the season, now that we see her in like a comfortable place in the game and know that she's got at least a few more episodes in her, that also feels good that we can sort of relax about any anxieties about losing our star.
0: Yeah, I take back what I said about Emily. I give her a star.
1: It's just odd to me that you would say that because just so much of this episode was, first of all, the amount of talking heads that she got. Oh, I, thought, totally. was, I I Again, I don't do the, What's the thing where they, like, count the number Edic. of talking heads? Yeah, I don't know about that, but I I just sensed it was a lot. But also, besides that, Drew and Austin talking about Emily yeah. mm-hmm. in Talking Heads, I thought mm-hmm. it was just like the amount of, like, the ways in which Emily as a character was centered in this episode, I thought was like, I don't know if it gets more star
0: than that. I know. I take it back. And this is the problem, is that this week I only watched the episode once. So it's like a little fuzzy because my focus is on Sean's quit, right? So I'm like, Reba, 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 that's all I know. And I sort of like have glossed over everything else. But yes, Emily is a star. Julie, we can talk about. Okay, can we dive into the deep end here and talk about Sean's quit? Because it is the headline of the episode. And like I said, it's our second quit. Although this one was a vote out, even though it seemed like I don't know. I like, again, I just wish that they had, had done a vote on the Hannah episode. I do. And I don't, I wish they had to make it clear that like, you know, that this is somebody who was asked to get voted out, threatened to quit. If they had not gotten voted out, I would have liked to see how that played out. On the other hand, I'm glad they didn't because we still have Emily in the game, but it's a little like confusing that in this case, uh, we have the same situation where Sean's being asked. Sean is asking everybody to vote him out and Jeff holds a vote. So uh, what, what anyways, what do you make of Sean's quit or as Jeff calls it engineered it, quit?
1: Uh uh-huh. I don't find it nearly as interesting as the survivor fan community does. Mm. I'm not so like interested in discourse around quitting. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, factor to me. And it's not very interesting. And I hear a lot of, you know, alumni speaking out online about like this is a failure of casting, or there are so many people that would like do everything for this opportunity, or you're putting your other alliance members at a disadvantage by quitting. It's not just about you. All of that is true. And at the end of the day, we're making a television show and this is good television, as far as I see it, which is the ultimate thing that matters. I think what is confusing within all of this is sort of like understanding Sean's thought pattern, which I understand he's now spoken about in sort of after the fact. But I just think from like a storytelling perspective, it was unclear. I couldn't tell if he had come in to Tribal with the intention to quit or not. But I also just want to say that like, whether or not he quit, and again, I know like semantics, I guess matter to a lot of people here. I think that we can all recognize that like Sean was not And again, I'm about to say something and then I'll counter it. Sean was not in a good position in this game. Uh, He was not set up for success. Uh, It seemed inevitable what was going to happen. And if it wasn't going to happen at this vote, it would have been the next vote. There's a world in which you say, yeah, but like it's Survivor. You never know what's going to happen. People at the bottom can easily find their way to the middle just as Emily has. Um, But I sort of see this as him recognizing the thing that he felt was going to happen and saying to them because... He was basically, if I were to, to conjecture, was saying in case the three women were being truthful to me back at camp, and they are in fact going to blindside Sifu, he's basically saying like, I'm willing to to go against that and it's like, say just take me out now. Which again, as I'm saying this out loud, it's like that is a quit. Um, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. I thought it was an interesting tribal. What about you?
0: Yeah, I will say that for some reason that I can't quite put my finger on, this bothered me more than Hannah's Quit, which, as I talked about, I enjoyed Hannah's Quit. Like, I thought that was iconic. This, I don't know whether it's because we're further into the game. I actually think the reason it bothered me is because we had a really cool blindside setup. J.M.I.A. has uh-huh. finally given screen time. She, for some reason, doesn't like Sifu. This is a dynamic we're not aware of because Sifu and Jay Maya have been purpled over on the Reba tribe. Well, and, yeah, and duet partners. And, and duet partners. And we've always heard them, like, or we've discussed them, uh, as a pair, a pair that's on the outside of that Reba 4 alliance of Drew, Austin, Julian D, And so here, it's really exciting to see... This swap tribe, which is all Reba plus Sean, uh come together. And Jay Maya doesn't like Sifu. So where does she believe that she lands in this tribe? Like, this is like really fascinating to me. And so I was really excited to see this vote happen and like get further perspective on: okay, so if Sifu's out of the picture. You know, what did Julie and D think about J Maya and where, where, like, where do they see her fitting into the long-term plan? If they do, like, is, is J Maya having a bad read on this? Should J Maya be teaming up with Sifu? Uh, I thought, like, all of these dynamics were really super interesting. I loved that J Maya loved Sean's energy. I loved that, you know, like, Dee and Julie seemed like eh, okay on Sean. They were willing to bring him in. I wanted to see that play out. And so I feel robbed of getting that where it feels like, it feels like to me, Sifu is an inevitable pre-merge boot if Freebug goes back to tribal council. And so I feel like they set up all this great stuff for, you know, a big blindside to happen. And instead it was us. (laughs) And and the other Reba's getting blindsided by Sean um, essentially quitting, which then feels like, okay. well, if Reba were to go back to tribal council next week, which seems like a significant possibility given the strength of their tribe, um, then now we have an inevitable vote. And that's like a little eh, sad.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. But I also think we also in the next episode get... You know, you didn't see the preview, but in the preview, Sifu insinuates that he's like volcanic and that, Mm. you know, something's about to happen. So I at least think we get the possibility of Sifu going back to camp and trying to shake things up. And to your point, maybe that's a failed pursuit because there's nothing that can happen. Um, But I still think that there's
0: a little something there. And for that, I give credit, full credit to D, who stuck to her guns and actually did make this kind of an interesting vote by yes. voting for Sifu, which yeah. I love. Like, I love her putting her neck out there trying to get the girls to keep Sifu out and – they didn't. And so now she's this stray vote against Sifu. It's confirmed by Sean that he did not vote for Sifu. So like, I, th- th- this is the only aspect of this that makes this interesting for me is that now they have to go back to camp with Sifu. Sifu knows one of them voted for him and they have to deal with that. So like, that's the, that's the silver lining of this situation is that, yes, we might have an inevitable vote in Sifu going home next time Reba goes to tribal council, but at least there's drama back at camp as a result of this vote.
1: Yes, but Dee's vote doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make sense why she would do that because she's putting herself unnecessarily um, as a target in a strange way. Um, And also let's say in Dee's mind, she kept the vote on Sifu because she assumed the other women would as well. Uh And let's say Sifu got voted out, but like, Then let's say that Sean still ended up quitting after that or Sean went back. I don't really see the benefit, like getting rid of Sifu for them. I just don't understand. I understand they wanted to make a move, but like the way J.M.I.A. was setting up as like, it's time to make a big move. I just don't think either of these votes, whether it be Sean quitting or Sifu going home, Neither of them are setting this tribe up for any more success. It's basically like they're down bad either way. Mm -hmm. So for D to sort of like throw astray felt very unnecessary for me. Again, she's in the majority it seems, so it doesn't really matter. Like Sifu's not in a position where he can come back and be a volcano, but ultimately like for what? But nonetheless, it's like it just seemed a little bit like sloppy gameplay for me from D. And also, if I were uh, Julie and J. Maya, I feel like that potentially places a splinter on this trio if they can't align themselves on a vote. Um,
0: So I don't know. Yeah, okay. I see this a little differently. I think that Dee wouldn't have voted for Sifu if she didn't believe that the other women were still voting for Sifu. So I think she just misread the situation, which, yes, is a knock against her game a little bit, but I think that she was really intent on like sticking to the plan. Yeah. But can
1: I ask you, In so if that is the case, do you think that in Dee's mind she felt certain that Let's say in her mind, Sifa was going to go home. Did she feel certain that Sean wasn't going to quit? or did she think that there was a possibility that he would still quit?
0: I, this, so this is total speculation, but I do think that the way that Sean's quit came out of absolutely nowhere. The way that Dee might have been reading this was that this is temporary we'll get back to camp and talk through it. And I feel like he can be talked out of mm-hmm. this rut that I'm sure they've all been there at some point where they're like, Oh, like, I don't want to do this. Like, let's get, get me out of here. And then you come out of that. And I, yeah. I truly believe, and reading Sean's exit interviews, he has a regret about his quit. Right. So like, I do feel like the way he talks about it, it does seem like it was like a temporary blip and he took the opportunity and like pressed the eject button And I think that if he had gone back to camp, there's a significant possibility he wouldn't have quit. And maybe that's what Dee was thinking. And remember that this was the plan, right? This was the plan going into tribal council. Act like Sean's on the out. Act like we're voting Sean out, but we're actually voting Sifu out. And so, like, maybe Dee was like, holy shit, this is an Academy Award winning performance from Sean. Like, good job, everybody.
1: Yeah, I I gotta just say of all the things to discuss this episode, like this is just not something that like gets me (laughs) excited. I'm just being honest. Like I just don't think that this all was like the most interesting aspect of the show. And I just I didn't really have a read on Sean. Like I thought he was like kind of entertaining in this episode because I think he was like his strange gameplay, which I don't know if I would call it sloppy exactly, but I just thought it was unusual. But he also, this is like an instance of like a character emerging that we've actually seen quite a bit of, but like not this version of. And then I just was like, is this the real Sean and we just haven't seen it? Or is this Sean under duress? But either way, I just don't find Sean to be the most compelling character in this cast. So I don't, see it and then also I saw a lot of people online being like Jeff has finally had it and they were like posting that screenshot of him mm-hmm. and it's like I don't think that Jeff was like I've we've seen Jeff a lot more angry we've seen Jeff um, have it yeah so like I just don't think this like was rose to the occasion I definitely think that yes I think that there's simmering feelings that Jeff has um, but I don't know I, I I just didn't see that so
0: that is my feeling on Sean, but okay. Can I just say get... one more? Can I just say one more thing about the Sean thing? Uh, no. <laughs> is that do you think that the fact that Sean was at the first tribal council where Hannah quit? Do you think that if Hannah had not quit, that Sean would not have quit? I feel like he saw this happen. Who was like, "Oh, this this door is suddenly open to me. Oh, you can just leave," and then that sort of like sits in the back of your mind. It's like, "Oh, that's an option too." Do you think it's like a I don't cascade know. It, effect?
1: It's hard to know what it would be like to go and play the game and just be to have nothing but losses and tribal council and no fire and then come to this new tribe and be at the bottom with no way out. It feels um, just kind of limitless. Mm. Um, So, hard to know. Um, I do just wanna say there's, I'm gonna repost this, but there's a fantastic tweet um, by at sick underscore Nick underscore Cosmo that says, and there's a photo of the, the Lulu tribe. And it says, two quitters, a man who couldn't climb a ladder, a woman who went home with an idol in her pocket, another that started a fight before the game even began, and Caleb, the most iconic tribe ever, I fear. And I agree. Like, there's just <laughs> they are. This was, uh, yeah, they're a really exciting tribe. Um, Survivor yeah, 44
0: was the story of Tika. Survivor 45 is the story of Lulu, and I want this story to continue all the way to the end.
1: Uh, yes, we need and with Lulu's that in mind, in this game. with that in mind, I'm way more interested in Lulu than I was in Tika. I feel.
0: Mm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I guess this is the sorry. Wait, actually, can I ask a question real quick? Uh yeah. does Sean follow us on social? Yeah. Okay.
0: We got it let's revisit We, revis- <laughs> we got a new follower. We, we are now down to uh only three Survivor 45s not following us. Guess who our newest follower is from Survivor 45? Um Jake. Drew. Oh. Your buddy from your from the movies.
1: My buddy from the movies? <laughs> Hey, yes. remind me, remind me.
0: You said you've watched movies with Drew types. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not only did he follow us, but he also reposted the meme you made of him and Austin that said, Now Kiss. Oh my God, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my God, Drew, drop in my DMs, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so now the only ones that are following Drop Your Buffs are, uh, maybe, maybe some will unfollow, but... <laughs> Cause we've got Bruce as well. Bruce followed us. So we're only missing, um, actually I can't do this off the top of my head. Sifu. Emily. Which is just devastating that Emily's I not following us. I don't get that. Uh, and there's, oh, Julie. Those are the three. Okay. We've got work to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so sorry. 15 of the 18. Yeah. Oh my God. We're getting too powerful. Honestly. Including Hannah's ghost account.
0: Slow, slow. So Hannah does actually roll. follow us. Mmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you think Hannah has stayed listening to Drop Your Buffs? Or do you think she's she stayed listening okay so Hannah I don't have your number Sean does can you <laughs> having finished my book I would love any feedback vis a vis Sean I a not know that a
0: finished it of just got it oh okay fair it okay well little she Oh, a little bit of a little bit of a little
1: Okay, so I wanted to just mention, because this is something I thought about bringing up last week, and then I forgot, and then blah, blah, Do you have any thoughts about this uh, new ritual of the tribes walking in and doing the
0: good morning, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a you moment. I was watching this, and I was like, I don't care about this, but Evan's going to care so much about this. Uh, How did you, what, what pinged for you about that? <laughs> well, that it was boring. And unnecessary and it's a like I under I totally get where what I think what your what your stance on this is going to be. I don't love it. It's a waste of time. I don't need it. Uh, It feels like Jeff stroking his own ego because he likes the contestants liking him. We saw this, I, I remember like so clearly in Survivor 43, so many times Carla coming in and saying like, you look great, Jeff, you know, and then he does a little pose like he likes this kind of attention from the players because the players are super fans and he loves that about them. And so that's why this is included. I feel like it's so unnecessary and particularly in this episode I truly don't care, but it did seem like the pacing was all off about it.
1: I just think there's like such pick-me energy about everyone and it reminds me of like when I see a lot of new housewives popping up on Watch What Happens Live, they have this like this desire to get in the good graces of Andy Cohen that you see uh-huh. that comes off really desperate. Um, like the newest housewife, Monica, like brought Andy's kids a gift on the latest episode. And it's like, lady, <laughs> like what? Um, and so I just, I, I I think that this falls on both the editors to cut it out because it would encourage the contestants to do it less because they're not going to get the screen time. But also... I sort of wish that Jeff would take more of like the RuPaul um, approach to all of this as far as like just there being a diplomatic energy. Um, I just imagining like like, RuPaul, Drag Race would never allow the contestants to like comment on like RuPaul in any way. There's just sort of like she's, the host of the show. And also, this is a huge trope on Big Brother. I'm sure there's a lot of Big Brother mm-hmm. listeners to Drop Your Buffs that are like, wait, they do this all the time with Julie. And it's like, I get it, and it doesn't <laughs> mean I co-sign it. I just think it's odd that, I agree with you. It's like definitely Jeff appreciating the ego stroke. Um, but I just think it's it's one of those like formulaic things that's like, I bring back uh, you know, ancient voices. Uh, there are so many things, uh, not this. Wait, also, what's the thing that we used to love when they would go... At the very end of the season. Oh, the uh,
0: the the fallen comrades. Right to Passage. fallen yeah. comrades,
1: yeah. Like yes, like that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for whatever this is. But I just feel like, like contestants get really goofy and I don't like I don't like um <laughs> you know me, I don't like nerd wait, what is it that I don't like?
0: Losers. Uh-huh. I don't like losers, <laughs> or I don't like goofiness. It's <laughs> I don't like oh yeah, losers. Okay. I do think though that if I was on Survivor, like if I was on Survivor and I walked into the challenge arena, I would be like, Jeff, hi. So I get where they're coming from. I get guess. Oh, for sure. I would be Jeff. I feel like you'd Jeff. be
1: shaking in your
0: boots. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I would definitely I would definitely be hamming it up with Jeff. Mm-hmm.
1: With regard to to this uh, to the swap that happened here after the good morning, Jeffs. Um why not just play a reward challenge? Like you have everyone here. That's my
0: question.
1: You gathered them all. There clearly was a fake challenge set up. And I also feel like one of the great things that happens typically uh, during, I think during swaps of the past is that like you go ahead and right away, it's like this Mm -hmm. is your new tribe and see how you all work together. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like get right to it. I thought it was just odd to be like, come on in everyone, or excuse me, come on in, and then, uh, okay, goodbye.
0: Yeah, I thought that that was a really strange beat, especially considering that, you know, the 90-minute episode this week dragged for me. Like, it really yeah, it dragged, dragged for me. And so it was like, I, you know, halfway through, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, oh my God, we still have 40 minutes left. We could have used a reward board challenge here to fill some time, because we didn't need... All these check-ins with the new tribes, in my opinion.
1: Yes, I think that there's just this emphasis. This is the funny thing. It's like, I think we have to find a middle ground here where we complained a lot in the past about, you know, these purple edit, and I don't mean we, you, and I, I just mean the fandom in general, about like under-edited players But I think the pendulum has swung in such a way where like we're over editing people and being so mindful of including everyone and Mm -hmm. giving them a narrative arc that it ends up weighing us down where it's like the reality is there's just going, you're going to have your brandos and that's okay. And I think that we don't need to be making sure that everyone is given time. Um, I would say like, for instance, the, the effort to include Kelly in this episode, like I didn't need it
0: right yeah i hear you i mean like i uh, i think i just have my eye on kelly so much because she was my winner pick uh I know so, you do. so i'll appreciate any time that she's on screen wait
1: does kelly follow us yeah of course she does
0: oh okay Maybe i mean everybody follows time. us
1: oh, okay sorry i just it's like just we're I'm like, just, like getting a used really
0: popular us. podcast
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, let's talk about the tribe divisions that we get here because it's interesting how everything shakes out. We've already talked about the Reba tribe, which is made up of entirely original Rebas and Sean. Now Sean's out, so it's entirely original Rebas, but not the Reba four alliance. And then at Lulu, we have four of the original bellows bruce jake katura and kelly plus caleb and then on the new bellow we have austin and drew from reba and that's interesting because they're like the tight alliance i think it was perfect that they ended up together and kendra right and brando is that what happened and emily okay it doesn't matter <laughs> but the fact that we have the original Lulu's split three ways, I love. I loved that split. But anyways, it's interesting here because you have sort of like a different dynamic to watch on each tribe with the with the original alliances and the fact that katura and Bruce have ended up together is iconic.
1: Yes. Um I think this is the best possible outcome for the shakeup. My only frustration has less to do with the shakeup and the fact that we knew... Sorry, I don't have my sheet in front of me. What is the Red Tribe? Reba? It's Reba. Okay, we knew... as The second you start to see this, you know, the new looks of the tribe, you're like, Reba is at a clear physical disadvantage, and because Survivor favors the physicality so much within the challenges these days and you don't get other it's like it became so evident right away that they were not long for the game unfortunately because of the way the challenges are structured so I was happy about this and but at the same time I was like what a bummer that I don't know I just this speaks more to frustrations with challenge design Um, but I was sort of bummed for them
0: I have to say on the challenge front this immunity challenge I really liked. It was new. Okay. It was refreshing. It was hard.
1: I was really hard, liked
0: this. And it was
1: team-oriented, yes. which I think we is something we're always wanting. I really did like this challenge too, except for the basketball thing at the end. Yeah. I yeah, hate true. when these challenges come in and it's like, we need our most alpha male to like finish it off for us. Mm-hmm. I hate that so much. And I also think, again, this was not fair. As you saw, it's like, just these men are bigger and have more arm strength. So when it comes, when they're going to set up the basketball structure in that way where you have to get it over the thing, it just, the men are at an advantage. Like it's just the reality of the case. And I just, I don't understand why there's not more mindfulness about it. And it makes it so, I don't know, it's like people like Austin uh, or Bruce are sort of kept around for reasons that have nothing to do with strategy often, but to win challenges. And I just... With the show trying to be more mindful in, in so many senses, I'm just surprised there's not more of an effort to change up the challenge design.
0: The only it's thing like, I would change about this challenge, because I did really like watching it play out, is that instead of shooting hoops, which we've already seen them do basically in this season, uh, like I think more than once even, is that because I really liked this idea of them being stuck in a cage and wouldn't it be fun I was thinking back to Pearl Islands with I think it was the outcasts challenge where you know build the you know tie the pole together to get a key to get yourselves out of the cage like that would have been fun absolutely and like a classic but I think that um
1: but I think it was welcome to see the fact that like okay in 45 there can be new challenges yes, that are presented. Yes. So I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. It just frustrated me to no end to be like, okay, yeah, give the ball to Austin now so he can yeah. like finish us off. I just, and we like, okay, oh, Caleb will take it. And I don't know. I just, I don't like it.
0: Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did love, was it Julie? Was Julie untying the balls for Reba? Yes. And she yes. was like throwing the balls at the cage, but not getting it through the
1: <laughs> yes
0: holes. Like yeah. that was, yeah. Okay. Look, star, star moment for Julie.
1: I thought she had a lot of star moments. Well, in this t- me I'm about really them. surprised. And we've reverted because I remember earlier on you were star and I was star. I was star, yeah. I just feel like when it came because D was not presented as being especially strategic. I mean, her big moment happened with the vote, but up until then, it very much seemed like the that sort of the divide was between J. Maya and Julie. And Julie seemed to be much more rational in my mind. I mm-hmm. also just like. I'm 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 rooting for J. Maya. Like I really want her to emerge, but like this was not the way. Because again, her presenting this as like I'm ready to make a big move felt like I'm trying to play the game of Survivor as I understand Survivor to be played, and less of like, I'm trying to make a big move that actually helps me in the game. I just don't see. This was, like, not the moment she was setting it up to be in my mind.
0: I don't fully agree with you. The only thing is I think that this – I th- I don't think that this was presented in the right way on the show. But I think that given what J. Maya has said about that she believes Sifu has an idol or may get an idol soon, I understand where she's coming from. But I think that – and that would be a big move, right? Like, to get out somebody that you believe has an idol. What we're missing is – a confessional from either Julie or D, explaining that J. is not in the alliance. She thinks she's in the alliance, and that's good for us right now. And she yes. doesn't know that we know exactly where the idol is. Um, we were missing that perspective to be like, J. Maya thinks she's doing something, but she's not. Yes, that's a good point. That's definitely a good point.
1: But I also feel like, isn't there the reality of like, again, better the devil you know, where it's like, if Sifu does have an idol and he's in theory in your alliance, doesn't that in many ways benefit you to work with the person that you know has the idol?
0: Uh yeah, I just but don't think the idea of It seems of like to me that nobody at, feels like they can work with Sifu.
1: Right, but then there's also the, the possibility of Rebo Strong. True. Which was resented. I just think no. there's a way. I just think you can, we we've seen it done time and time again of like. Working with someone that you know has an idol to benefit you and to to take out your enemies um, seems like a good strategy.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Can we talk about Emily? Yes. Okay. We've been talking about Chaos Emily and where she gone. She might be gone for good, I feel like, because she's really leaning into all of her social etiquette lessons that she uh, picked up from Caleb on her new tribe. And she is the bell of the ball over there. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I ask you a question, though, because so b- it's related to this. Uh-huh. So this is day nine, right? And I'm yeah, a little confused uh, eight, with the I timeline. Eight or nine. Okay, but like we're day eight or nine with, I mean, we were on like day eight with like three people gone in this episode, and I'm just, uh-huh. the math to me is like not mathing, um, because we're pretty far into the game, new euro-wise. I mean, we're over a quarter of the way in, Um, I'm just confused about, like, I guess, do they just have more time in the beginning to sort of, like... Yeah,
0: Hannah about- Hannah quit on day three. Hannah was there for three days. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was, like, a regular round of Survivor. And then I've like, been doing, like, two days. I mean, I'm not going to be able to, like, add this up in the moment because I can't do a uh, basic addition or subscri- subtraction. But, yeah, it does seem like they've gone a little slower. And then I imagine, like, once the merge hits or something, it's going to be, like couple daily tribals.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. But there's not a
0: great representation of like the passage of time on the show where, you know, like in the old days, it used to be like day what? And then we'd see nightfall and then we'd see sunrise. uh, And then we'd see nightfall of this. There's just a lot of like all the action is happening in the day for the most part. And the days blur together. I know. I think they put the days on the screen, but I'm not always looking at that.
1: Yeah. But anyway, going back to Emily. Yes. Continue.
0: So, what I love here is that because of the breakdown of this tribe where you have two and Emily, um, you have Emily like perfectly situated in the middle as the class, this classic swing vote position. Uh, and, you know, it is presented that, OK, well, it could just be the four of them gang up on me and get me out or I can make myself you know, available to these people. And I think she does a great job of like being truthful about what happened at Lulu, gaining trust and, you know, just being sort of gregarious Emily. And then you have what I loved that they included the confessionals from Austin and drew who were like, and I think it was drew who said, I thought that Emily was this mean browbeating woman. And I, she's actually just really likable. And so I think it sets her up really, really well moving forward because obviously she has this reputation based on what I'm not entirely sure. Like she made one comment about Bruce at the beginning of the game. I didn't think it was like that outlandish, her comment. Um, but if that has created this reputation for her in the minds of the other tribes, then that could actually be to her advantage because people are like, well – this is just like a goat that's being dragged to the end or being held onto for an easy vote. And then they meet her and they're like, whoa, actually she's really cool and I would love to work with her. Now, Austin and Drew are even saying she may have a place in the REBA 4 alliance. We might have a REBA 5. And so I feel like things are really looking up for Emily.
1: Yes, but I think that is largely credited to Drew and Austin because there's a world in which they say, we need this vote right now whether or not they like her doesn't really matter in the immediate. So it was heartening as Emily, I don't wanna say stands, I'm not gonna stan Emily, but as someone who really likes Emily, it was good to hear in the confessional that Drew genuinely likes her because there's a world in which they're just, they recognize her value in their immediate game and are ready to discard her. And the sense you get, especially from Drew, is that he's willing to work with her down the line even when he doesn't necessarily need her. I'm curious to see, is there any point you think in which Drew or Austin will kind of create a three with Emily to the point where they let her in on all of the idols' advantages that they have, where she can then potentially leverage that to blindside them?
0: Yeah, well, I do think that if she is truly brought into this alliance, let's say the Reba four makes it to the merge intact, Austin, Drew, Julian, D, and they go back to Julian D and say, hey, we met this great girl. Uh, on our new tribe and her name is Emily Uh let's bring her in I feel like the four of them as a collective could not keep the secret about you know the advantages that they do have and mm-hmm. uh, it, like at least one of them like the idol or the uh, safety of that power like would come out and I think that Austin and Drew have to play that really safe because if Emily finds out about an advantage that they have from somebody else. I mean, even J Maya knows about the safety without power because Drew uh, revealed that after his journey in episode one. So if, if they're, if she's not aware and she finds out after the fact, then this three could splinter. I mean, I would love to see Emily blindside her new allies at some point. Like that would be really fun too. Uh, but I do think at some point they need to reveal at least some of these advantages to Emily. And I would really like to see that. And my concern is that Reba is going to continue to go to tribal up until the merge, but I really want to see one of these other tribes go to tribal. I want to see the Katura and Bruce thing come to a head. I want to see like where that shakes out. I want to see Austin, Drew and Emily work together on this new tribe. I think that would be like, really I would love exciting. to
1: see Emily and Drew final two and or fight or whatever like create yeah. a two in which that they drag Austin along for a period of time and ultimately kind of make Austin their taj if this is the tj steven so basically it would be that that basically drew ends up discarding Austin in favor of Emily but yeah. makes Austin think that it's the two of them
0: and then Emily and Drew fall in love and and Drew proposes at the reunion Oh, my gosh. I feel like that would be a good couple. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Bruce and Katura because, you know, we brought it up already a couple of times. But we have this new Lulu tribe where Bruce's antics are continuing. But although he has this little emotional moment going back to the original Tika Beach, uh, which sort of felt like it came out of nowhere for me. But it was like it was nice to see a different side of Bruce. Um, but where do you feel like this is going to land? Because I'm starting to feel like Katora's edit is becoming a little much. It's becoming a little, it feels like they're trying to turn the audience against her a little bit. Like, well, give up the grudge, lady. Oh, did you I did get that impression. Oh, okay.
1: No, I feel like because they present, because they've gone to such extremes to present the ways in which Bruce is annoying, I feel like it's, justify but I also get the sense of like I'm sure there's like a lot of Katora footage and this is just the the what they're choosing to give us because it's a well with so much water in it in the sense of like we are able to see the ways in which Bruce is annoying people so her commenting on it feels very satisfying as a viewer because I, I too would be annoyed with Bruce yeah for me, it and was the fact some... that we got the beat that you mentioned of like the the flint in the pocket thing yeah. and then that connected to that moment in the boat, it's like they have all these instances that they can capture of Bruce being the person that Katora
0: is making him out to be. Yeah, but also the flip moment was LOL. The audience is on his side. We are laughing with him, not at him. But then I'm also laughing with Katura in her confessional. So like I get it. But the moment for me was the montage confessional where she's going on and on about like Bruce's military experience and Bruce does this and Bruce does that. That felt to me a little like if I don't know, it felt dangerous for Katura for me.
1: Fair Is it also this felt her Achilles heel? Like,
0: Is she not gonna be able to overcome this?
1: Fair enough. It also felt like the producers being like, katora can you speak to us? What are Nate, list for us totally. all the things <laughs> that annoy you about Bruce? And then they sort of went in and Frankenstein to a little yeah. bit. So as much as like and, and I did enjoy that moment, mind you, but I, I just I didn't read that moment as like super significant. But I could also see like the producers being like, in order to tell this story holistically. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure, I guess. I'm wondering, is there a world in which, uh, it's like how much, from what we see right now, finally in this episode, we get Bruce's perspective on Katora, where it's like he is sensing her frustrations with him, but does that in turn make Bruce pull away from Katora, or just does that make him re-strategize and say, I need to win her back over? That's the part I'm unclear right. on in a good way. I don't need total clarity on that just now, but to your earlier point, what I hope will not happen is this Reba Tribal Council next week because I think the show needs to be more thoughtful about, again, the show can control this to an extent in how they design the challenges. Mm-hmm. Not assuredly, but they can create more of an equilibrium. And so I just don't need another Reba Tribal Council.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be but You get bad, the sense that's, the that's
1: not going to happen, though, um, based off the fact that, I don't know. It's like the Kotura Bruce thing feels like it's coming to a head, yeah. but maybe not yet.
0: Yeah. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up this main show and head over to the after show on Patreon. If you're not over on our Patreon, you're only getting half the story here because we're doing a weekly after show to each of our recaps where we dive a little deeper on the episodes, answer questions from listeners, etc. If you want to get in on that, you can go to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes to this episode. We will be posting a meme cap On Instagram, and Evan, what emoji are people going to be commenting on the meme cap this week?
1: Well, do you have one that comes to mind? I have zero ideas. Okay. Well, I guess my immediate thought would be... Because I was thinking if there was... Well, there's the knife, which could be in service of the machete, because of the shot of Sifu Uh slicing the machete
0: as he's talking. yeah, I forgot about that. Talking to Julie, and he's like... That was Again, that's moment.
1: an example of like a micro moment that I think is differentiating yeah. this season yeah. from others, where it's yeah. like you just get these moments of like, or even just thinking about who is the who is the talking head that we have where they're in the water. Is it Jake? Oh, I don't remember. There's a talking head where someone's just sitting in the water. Okay. And there was one. There
0: was one a week or two ago. I think it was. I want to say it was Brando, almost, or something.
1: Um, that doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. Anyway, but so so yeah. But so let should we do the knife? I mean,
0: there's no like. Uh, what about mm, no? There's no zipper. There's not a zipper, right? What would the zipper be? Well, because when wait, what about the face? What about the face with the zipper mouth? Because Bruce, when he pretended to lose the flint, was like, just kidding. It's just a zipper. Great. I think that's what he said. As it is <laughs> written, so it shall be. Okay, so we're doing the face with the zippered closed mouth it's a bit abstract Huge. this week all right so go over to the meme cap on instagram at drop your buffs pod leave the emoji face with the zippered shut mouth for in honor of bruce's hilarious joke this week and if you want to find us on twitter it's at drop buffs pod all right with that we're headed over to patreon thank you so much for listening bye bye